just genuinely delighted to get to be with you here this morning. I'm going to proceed in word and song, testimony, storytelling, and there'll be an occasional punctuated pause for a personal word, but that's nothing to be afraid of. I believe the primary purpose of the prophetic is summed up in 1 Corinthians 14 and 3, edification, that's the build-up that underscores the new you, who you are in Christ. Exhortation is to stir up. It's the gentle rod of the prophetic word that stokes the inner fire of desire. And finally, consolation, to soothe where we've been wounded, stressed out, or just need a kind of embrace grace from Abba Father to pop us back into place where we're out of joint. That's a triad of encouragement. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. So important to realize, folks, that the Christian life in and of itself is not hard. It's impossible. Only one man ever lived it, and that's King Jesus Christ. And as we regularly rally to rely on him and rediscover the renewal of the fuel that is his life within, we find we're able to function in the flow, the force, and the buoyancy of the very life of Christ within us. We're able to forgive. There's a power to witness. There's a power to resist and prevail over sin. There's a power to reject the clamping mold of this world. And there's a power to recognize that the devil is a defeated foe. And as we walk in sync with the king, we can walk upon the serpent. So important, the regular renewal of the fuel that is the life of Christ within us. That's our inheritance, life in common with him. And if I were going to itemize it, and he does say in John 16, 13, that the Holy Spirit has come to glorify him and to take what is his and make it ours. In other words, to take what is his inheritance and to lead us into the experience and enjoyment and expression of the all truth of what is already ours through the finished work of Calvary. And it's interesting to note that as we begin to function in the depths of his life and in the provision and in the grace of his life, we begin to not only glorify him, but to discover our deepest human needs are met. Those needs are a need for intimacy, identity, authority, and destiny. And every human being on the face of the earth has a depth of need there. But apart from Jesus, it's a God-shaped vacuum. So important to regularly draw near, seek his face, inhale his presence, allow our hearts to be a supple seedbed for his word, flex our spirit in worship, and in so doing, there's a renewal of the fuel, a reconnect with his life that is so pure and powerful, and to move in the buoyancy force and flow, and to partake of our inheritance of identity, authority, intimacy, and destiny. So Jesus, draw me to your side that flowed with blood when you hung and died. 
wash away my guilty stains. Till only your peace remains. I'm the branch and you're the vine. Let your life flow one with mine. Fill this branch with fruit divine. A harvest of your love. Holy, holy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy, so worthy, soon to come again. The archangel with trumpet raised waits for the word your father will say. Your bride with her arms outstretched in praise says, Come quickly, oh my love. Come quickly, oh, my love. You give me songs in the night till the morning light breaks in on me. The darkness gives way to the light of the day you promised I'd see. Meanwhile, with a smile in the dark, I hearken to your voice and rejoice at the sound of your song in the night. Sweet song and rejoice at the sound of your song in the night. Once again to restate, it is a fact that by Calvary's act, we have positioned in the very climate of his life in Christ, plugged in and joined with him, partakers, joint heirs with him of an inheritance of life in common, a life that is pure and powerful and perfect, and we ourselves are being perfected in the art of the heart of relying upon him moment by moment at the expense of the flesh. It's a process. Every day, every morning, I hear the Lord say to me, Dick, time to get over yourself, turn yourself over to the overcomer, and allow the Holy Spirit to do in, for, and through you what only he can do. That's grace by definition. Be led further into the experience and the expression, the Lord says to me, of the intimacy, the oneness, not the sameness, but the oneness that you have with me access an audience to the Father at any time that hears your deepest heart cry, hears the sharing of your wildest dreams and desires, identity as a son, esteemed to sit at his right hand, not by your performance, but by the performance of the perfect one, and the authority to pull down strongholds, tread upon serpents, 
and keys of the kingdom to open up hell cells to release others. And the destiny of a hope and a future that's ever unfolding as you begin to discover uniquely who you are and the mission that you are set apart for to fulfill on this side of glory even as you are trained to reign in the timelessness with him on the other side. And where we've been broken and ripped off from that inheritance, the Lord's in the business of recovery, restoration, and bringing us back to the square one of life in common with the sun when we drift and we do. Scattered roses in the rain, long lost joys from seasons past, you've gathered them again for a bouquet that will last. The fragrance of your love breathes new life into my soul, made a living sweet bouquet from roses left out in the cold. Made a living sweet bouquet from roses left out in the cold. Now Jesus is here and his spirits are sweet, moving among us and washing our feet. Each new breath we're breathing now seems to repeat. Jesus is here right now. Jesus is here and he's touching each mind, freeing us now from the thoughts that would bind. Open your heart and I'm sure you will find Jesus is here right now. Now, as there's a personal word for you, I'll ask your name to further personalize it. I believe technology is afforded. It's being recorded. And anything with that postscript, so says the Lord, has got to be laid alongside the written rod of God, borne witness to by the Spirit as you hear it. And I submit it to pastoral authority here. And the Lord is able to edit, to underscore, and embellish, and interpret as only he can, and to park that at the threshold of your inner mailbox with a tag from him to you, and the result being edification, exhortation, consolation, to stir, to encourage, to inspire, and to soothe. What are your names right here? Roger. Roger and Roger and Becky. Healing voice to one another in a very special way. Direct opposite so much in temperament and yet an interaction at heart level and an ability to heal and encourage. Past disasters are under the covering of the master. Roger, he's given you a gift of exhortation, the ability to stir up folks, to recognize when they're taking a pounding in the arena of life, and to speak custom-made encouragements to them. You're like a Barnabas, a son of comfort. Becky, a gift of mercy, able to recognize those with a limp and a gimp in their soul, and they're hurting for certain, and you become a velvet glove on his hand with what you say, an extension to make them whole. 
even as you are comforting others with the ability of being comforted by him. I believe this was Andrew you told me earlier. Micah, I'm sorry. We had this treasure in earthen vessels, folks. <laughs> Didn't come here to impersonate perfection. Micah, a call to leadership on your life. You're asking a lot of the right questions. And you're taking them to the king and taking them to those in authority that you've noticed a seasoning and exemplary cadence in their walk. You're an idea man. You're highly creative. Highly visionary. And an ability to combine artistry and technology in marvelous ways in these days will be your portion, Micah. here. What is your name? Clyde and Ann? Joined in intercession for loved ones that are getting tossed fore and aft in their frail craft by seeming hurricanes from hell. But you're standing strong. And the Lord hears your prayers and softens their hearts to long for him. Your home's a haven of hospitality where folks will understand the living water from a son and daughter that washes their feet from the craggy places they've walked in and, and sometime to each and all will give them a playful splash of the water of life or a wake-up call in faith. Clyde, you got the gift of droll, sense of humor. It's the dew of the Father. And there is a gentleness and yet an intensity about you. And the soaring soul of artistry that just soars in you. And the desires to touch others with impact. Now a lot of times as these words go forth, and we're limited in time this morning, folks, the Lord will multiply them like loaves and fishes all over the room and say yours too and I very often help myself to a slice of your pie it's one of the bennies is doing this job and let me be very transparent before you I said we have this treasure in earthen vessels we dare not try to be Jesus impersonators but to rely upon him he replicates himself in us and we begin to see how he would do certain things in way of example, but to know he is an enabler. He says, now let's step out and do that together. That's what the following and the imitation of Christ truly is. And we're going to foul up and have our faux pas along the way, just, you know, like my messing up on Micah's name. It's not unusual. I've got a, I've got a good memory. It can just be very short at times and, <laughs> and leak. There's a lot of download in there that's been stored up over the years. <laughs> Donna and I have been doing ministry now for uh, uh, 50 years and we'll be celebrating our 48th anniversary coming up in July in which we've been together in this thing. 
been an interesting journey. But I can recall numerous underscored life lessons of the folly of trying to do this thing on our own. We can be swift adrift into license on the left where we get sloppy or legalism on the right where we try to do God's will our own way. And that's why it's so important to have the renewal of the fuel of his life in common, the life of Jesus and its buoyancy, force and flow that empowers and enables us and, and, and enables us to move in a certain rhythm of his grace, as Eugene Peterson put it, and to reap growingly of our inheritance of intimacy, just what we have in our closeness with him, in our identity, just who we are as sons and daughters, so prized and coveted and cherished by him, the blood of Jesus says we are infinitely valuable. The authority that we have with Christ in common is we would partner with him, move with him, and he would move through us to the pulling down of strongholds and to the release of held prisoners. And then furthermore, the hope and the future that we have from a good, good God. It's, it's easy to get under the pile, to be burnt out, to be uh, caught in the tedium of even doing good things. And I'm going to be very transparent. I'm going to share with you here briefly. It was an incident that occurred several years ago. But um, I was on a tour of Northern California, and it was in the Mother Lode area. That's where gold was discovered back in the 1800s. And it's still very uh, antiquitous in a lot of ways as they've attempted to preserve the culture. You get around places like San Andreas and Angel's Camp, a uh, little more civilized in Sonora and uh, Jackson and those places east of Sacramento. But I was doing a, a tour there. And when I say that, that's eight days and twice on Sunday, and I'll usually get a Monday off, and that's about it. This particular time, Donna wasn't with me. Now, she's been with me in recent years all the time, but she's had home fires to stoke on occasion, and she wasn't with me. And believe me, this trek is a whole lot easier and more pleasant when you, you, uh, you know, I'm obviously the homelier half of the tandem, and to have her with me, she's the, uh, and she does most of the driving, actually. You know, I'm the navigator. I'm good with a map and so on, although I got a little lost this morning. <laughs> <coughs> Sad, I couldn't come here to impersonate perfection. But I can remember of just being so caught in the fast lane of ministry, there wasn't those snatches of just that sanctified, set-apart time for transfusions of the heart. And I could feel it. I knew that I was functioning on fumes instead of fuel. And God was using me anyway because he can and he will. But I'll tell you what, at the end of that tour, it dawned on me that I could have stopped more qualitatively. I, I kind of went through the motions of some hallelujah calisthenics in devotionals. <clears throat> but really being cultivated in the dependency which catches the dynamic of who he is as our example and neighbor, our life partner. <clears throat> and I could just sense myself at the point of exhaustion. There's a good kind of tired 
when you've spent yourself in ministry and you know a good night's sleep is going to take care of it, that there's the kind that just leaves you rattled and agitated and just sapped. And I can remember a <coughs> being in the Best Western Motel there, or hotel in Sonora, California, and picking up the TV remote and saying, Jesus, I don't even know how to pray except I need you. I just declare your name as my all-sufficiency, my access to the Father. Holy Spirit, just take that skin of a prayer and work with it. I don't even know what else to say, if you've ever been there. And so I turned on the TV, and it was the opening frames of a movie that was shot on location in um, kind of on the border of Wyoming, and Idaho, the Grand Tetons, if you've ever seen those, they are a masterpiece of the master sculptor. It's one of the most beautiful mountain sets that I've ever seen there. The Wasatch is, is beautiful in its own right. But I can remember seeing that and sensing, you know, I've had some wonderful times there. Donna and I have ministered in this little church in Driggs, Idaho, and sometimes stayed over for an extra day to ski the Grand Targhee there. And, um, I said, I'm going to relax with this, and the title of it was The Mountain Men, and I thought, Mountain Men, I can get into that, because I just, I just kind of feel kind of less than a man right now. I need something that I can vicariously feel assertively masculine in and through, and I remember of reading bios of The Mountain Men, Jim Bridger, Jeremiah Johnson, Jedediah Smith, Kit Carson, and it's interesting that a lot of the highways and freeways I travel were trails that these fellows blazed back in the day. And I knew something of their jargon. And the uh, two stars of it were two of my faves. It was Charlton Heston and Brian Keith. These were just men's men. And I, I, you know, I had the uh, Turner version where they'd edit that out, you know, the more saltier monologue there, although they still talk like mountain men. But I am watching this unfold. And I'm noticing the closeness of friendship, the camaraderie around the campfire. I am noticing the sense of identity of men that are comfortable in their skin. They know who they are. I am noticing, furthermore, their dominion, authority, the ability to dominate those hostile elements, be they weather-wise or unfriendly Indians in the setting that they're in. And then noticing further that they'll ever be scanning with vision the further peaks of the destiny of regions yet to be explored and conquered. And I'm watching this unfold, not realizing that the Lord in his subtlety is taking something that was shot on location in the Tetons, canned in Hollywood, being broadcast to me via Turner Network in the Sonora Best Western. And it's like the Holy Spirit is almost not sneaking, but in a very subtle way sidling up to me and showing me those light qualities, natural illustrations that the Lord provides the zenith in in things that I was just bone dry of at that moment in time. And without understanding why, I just completely lost it. I just started to sob. And I'm thinking, this is outrageous, you know? I, I, I watch chick flicks with Donna. I wouldn't watch them by myself, but I watch them with Donna. 
And we've got our favorite ones in our library, and we'll watch them every couple of years because we'll kind of forget, you know, the details, and we'll see them again and remember the finer nuances, you know. And but it's right on cue on you got mail, you know, when when, when Tom is meeting Meg there in the rose garden and the dude's singing somewhere over the rainbows, she starts to tear up, and I am I am right on cue with the Kleenex there. Well, I'm here to help you, little lady. You know, I'm, I'm right there to, to mop away the tears and just, you know, feeling like a man. But I'm telling you, I said, I never have seen her lose it like this. And the, the, the tearjerker, not even a, a time, uh, an affair to remember, you know, where Vic Damone comes in at the end. That's really an, ex uh, an antiquity uh, cinema there. So some of you, it's before most of your time. But I'm losing it. And the Lord begins to minister to me in the tenderness of Abba Father, saying, Dick, you've been functioning on fumes, and instead of relying on me who releases my life in you, you've let the tyranny of the urgent deprive you. He said, I've used you anyway because I can and will, but I love you too much to let you continue without lovingly confronting you with the embrace of restorative grace of just the transaction of the life you have in common with my son, the life that fulfills your deepest cravings of intimacy, identity, authority, and destiny. Praise the name of the Lord. God's so good. So important to come apart, get those fresh transfusions of the heart. The psalmist said, early in the morning will I seek thee. Though we hail from Idaho, Boise in particular, I wrote this kind of through the eyes of an old Montana cowboy. It's called Montana Morning, and I'll close with this. Another brisk Montana morning, golden glimmer has me blinking. Rising now, I hear me creaking. Down the hall I toil To the place I meet with Jesus See the empty stove and arm load Soon the room is bright with warm glow Coffee pot is dancing through a boil Divine appointment His name is just like ointment Rubs it into my needy soul I'm worshiping my God On my fire the master's breathing Consuming all my fear and grieving Inner fire is rising as he stokes it with his rod. Out my window there I gaze, scan the morning's golden haze. Two deer bolt across the yard, the Lord renews my youth. My spirit leaps and runs with Jesus through the meadows of his kingdom, brightness of his fragrant freedom, grazing on the greatness of his truth. Divine appointment, his name is just like ointment, rubs it into my needy soul, I'm worshiping my God. On my fire the master's breathing, consuming all my fear and grieving, inner fire is rising as he stokes it with his rod. Beside myself with holy joy, hey, I'm dancing like a little boy, just high-stepping through that room, gliding in his grace. Safety in the arms of his grace, kingdom love has filled the place. 
laughing in his presence now, laughing yet with sweet tears of relief. Divine appointment, his name is just like ointment, rubs it into my needy soul, I'm worshiping my God. On my fire the master's breathing, consuming all my fear and grieving. Inner fire is rising as he stokes it with his rod. Inner fire is rising as he stokes it with his rod. Inner fire is rising, Jesus stokes it with his rod. God bless his word of encouragement to your heart and soul this morning. Pastor Phil. Thank mm-hmm. you.